with the increases we've seen and and last month was phenomenal and i think the new chef coming in made a huge difference we we're up last mm. month 72 percent year over year over from the last wow month. Yeah, you know it's incredible Tom, thanks so much for coming on. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. This is going to be a, a great one. I think a great story for a lot of people. For the people who have not met you or not heard the name, tell us who you are in, in your center real quick. Well, I am Tom Belloc. I am the manager here at the Pineville Bowl in Pineville, Missouri. We're in a little town of about, well, 800 people, let's say. I think the population sign actually says 791. But we're mm. a small town. We're 10 lanes in the middle of nowhere. We've got the town of Anderson, Missouri, which is five miles away that has a population of about 1,500. So this is definitely not a major metropolis. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know you have some larger areas like a little bit further away, but yeah, you've really been able to turn something around with not a lot of people. We really have. In Northwest Arkansas has got a much larger population, and we have a lot of our business coming out of Northwest Arkansas on a daily basis, especially in our resident in our restaurant area, and and that's where your company has been so uh, helpful in promoting that 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 restaurant. I think that's where we've seen the largest increase in our business in the last year is the bar and restaurant area. Yeah, I mean, it's always kind of a dichotomy of the, the audience, right? More people eat and drink than bowl. But when oh, you can definitely. get them to tie the two together, then that's where the the magic happens. If I can get them in here, I can get them on the lanes. Right, exactly, exactly. That, and that's the trick is you can get them in with the food and the beverage and get them to stay exactly. with the bowling. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, you've really questioned, uh, what, what's your average ticket up to now? I know you you increased it a lot. Uh, you did some a little bit of price increase, but... Blending the two together, it sounds like you've had a massive increase. In, in you the know, it's, it's amazing the difference we've seen. And with bringing in Chef Mark Abbott, gosh, six weeks ago, we've completely revamped the menu. Our ticket average has gone up, and it's almost doubled from what it was this time wow. last year. But with that being said, we're offering different things on the menu. And so we're not a typical snack bar in a bowling center anymore. Right. It's we have people. We had someone this last week and that drove an hour just to try our food. Wow. Said they heard yeah. the burgers were fabulous, <laughs> and so we've gone from a, a six dollar burger to a twelve dollar burger, and they've been very well received. Yeah, the the value it's you know the value is what you get. The price is what you pay. Exactly. I, I think there's a really big lesson in there, especially coming from a smaller town. Is that you know, you can't increase the the number of people that are in the area, but you can increase what they pay when you know what they spend when they walk through the door. Exactly, exactly, mm -hmm. and and offering them more options, it, it just gives them uh, more places to spend their dollars. They're going to spend mm -hmm. it somewhere. They might as well spend it here. Right, exactly. Because I mean, if you don't have food, then they're going to have to leave earlier anyway to go eat. Exactly. You might as well have them do all of it together, and they probably will day longer of the other activities plus spend on the food we figure when a family eats here they're going to typically spend an additional 40 minutes mm -hmm. you know even just having a drink getting them in here to spend a couple additional dollars but it's more time they're in here it's more they're a captive audience for a little while longer 
that right. gives us the opportunity to introduce them to something they probably haven't tried anywhere else. Right. Well, and especially if they're driving an hour away, they're going to stay there for you know at least an hour. They're going to spend twice as much time in the car. Oh, yeah. So I'd love to talk maybe uh, back up a little bit and talk a little bit maybe about your story. Um, I know you come from outside the bowling world and, and come in recently. Sounds like you've always been an entrepreneur, but tell us a little bit about that journey going from an entrepreneur in one industry and switching over and being like, you know what, I'm going to buy a bowling center. Well, and, and it, when I was a kid, I did work in a bowling center. And uh, the company that I worked for had a couple go- uh, bowling centers and a couple golf courses. I spent a lot of time working for them a bunch of years, worked in a couple different bowling centers after college, got sick of corporate America when I was in my middle 30s and decided that I told my wife one day I'm going to go start mowing grass because I was a whole lot happier (laughs) then. And she said, if you can replace the income you're making, I'm on board with it. So that's what we did. A few years ago, as, as I'm realizing I'm getting a little closer to retirement, the landscape industry is not as easy on me as it used to be. This right. little bowling alley came up for sale. I told my wife that, hey, maybe this is something I should do. And fortunately, my wife was on board with it. And so we ended up buying this little bowling center. And over the course of the past couple of years, have kind of revamped it. And, you know, put a little heavier emphasis on the restaurant, obviously. But this has been a great thing for us. We enjoy it. I got to say versus landscape business, this has got air conditioning and bathrooms nearby. That's something you don't get with the landscape company. Right, Um, yeah. So, you know, this for us has been absolutely fantastic. Seeing the growth that we've seen in the last year and a half has just been absolutely thrilling for both of us. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, it's been thrilling to be in the bowling industry again. Like I said, I did this when I was a kid. I thought when I was in my late 20s, I was done with it. I'm enjoying it more now than I ever have. Right. Yeah, that's so um, cool. It, it, it's we have daily challenges, but that's every business, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Yeah, exactly. So I've really enjoyed this, and you know, I've got a little ways to go before I can retire, and I look forward to doing this till then. And hopefully, by that time, we'll have an employee that's you know that'll be able to run this. Well, you know, we take a step back. Right. Uh, that's the thought. But mm-hmm. right now, I'm really enjoying it. This is this has been a great move for us. Yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit because I bet I'd be willing to bet that there's a lot of other people who have thought about buying a center. I mean, there's a lot of especially small centers that are for sale or like unofficially for sale, but could be purchased. And a lot of the big ones tend to get scooped up by the giants. But there's a lot of small ones out there. You know, we're talking about, you know, less than a couple hundred thousand and maybe less than half a million in revenue a year that are kind of for sale. But a lot of people don't, you know, they don't get bought by the bigger companies because it's kind of like buying a job. But for the right person like you who sees that job and like, you know, I could do a better job or it's a better job than I have now. Talk to me a little bit about what that, how you size that up or what you thought the opportunity was or just kind of how you looked at it going into it. Like imagine someone else is in a similar position as you thinking about it. Take me through your decision-making process or thought process of making that acquisition. Well, you know, that the one thing I remember from working in the bowling centers when I was a kid is how busy they were with leagues. And, of course, I was the guy that worked there on Friday and Saturday night, so I always saw the open bowlers come through. You know, I I remember sitting down and looking at the leagues that were available in the center and thinking, wow, there's a lot of opportunity there. 
and then looking at the open bowling and saying there's a lot of opportunity there. And the restaurant here was non-existent. That was something we put in before mm. where a restaurant is. We had two pool tables in a, in a coin-operated machine, and that was it. And so for my wife and I just sitting down, and, and I told my wife, I said, I think in three years I could easily double the business that's coming into this place. Then it was just a leap of faith. And my wife believed in me then, so it was really easy to do it. But it was kind of a leap of faith. But, you know, I think everyone knows what they're capable of. And you just have to get in there and try. Put forth an honest effort. And it's amazing what a little place like this can actually do. I've gotten to the point now I go anywhere in this little town and everyone knows me. And I know pretty much everyone else, <laughs> right. at least on a first name basis. Yeah. I think that's mm -hmm. an awesome thing. You know, I, I don't get that at home because it's a community right. of 80,000, not 800. Right, um, right. But yeah. it, it, it's been so well received. And the one thing I really realized about this bowling center in this little town, the people here don't want to see it go under because it's about the only right. thing they've got. And right. I think all little towns are kind of in that situation where, you know, the bowling alley is the place. It's social. It's where everyone go meet. It's a place where if you've got a group of 30 people, they still got the room to accommodate you. There's something mm -hmm. for the kids to do, something for the adults to do. And I think every bowling center all across the country whether it be six lanes or, or 48 or whatever it is, it's a place for everyone to gather. But these little towns really appreciate this, I think, a lot more because they just don't have the they don't have the entertainment venues that a big city does. You know, the, the people in this town are just incredibly loyal to this place. I love seeing that. You know, even when I'm at home 40 miles away, if I mention that my wife and I have, you know, we're up here at the Pineville Bowl. Everyone's heard of it. And like I said, the little centers, I think that's the big, what's the word I'm looking for, but the big allure to that. Just, it's a social place. I see. So yeah, like the small ones, they, they really get the community behind them because they don't have a exactly. lot of other things going on. Yeah. Exactly. So they're willing to probably do more than maybe if you're in like a major city, you're just another business. Whereas here, it's, much it's so. almost sentimental. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And one of the other things that I think really stuck out to me when you were talking about how you were evaluating the opportunity is how you looked at it on a three-year timeline. Like you've been in business for long enough that it takes time to build these things. Oh, Whereas does. I think sometimes people would think, oh yeah, I could double it in a year or, you know, like I'll just come in here and turn it around and all their projections are based off of really quick growth out of the gate. But you kind of took your time with it. You're like, yeah, I'll give it three years. Like just the fact that you're looking at it that long, I think makes a big well, difference. You have to be realistic. You know, and it, it, no matter what, you're always going to have to figure that you may have a little attrition. You know, people, I still have people say, well, we miss the old owners. It's like, well, I understand I'm here now. You know, yeah. I've had some people leave and never come back, but I've had a lot more that have come here and, and said, gosh, we really enjoy it. Right. And, you know, I think, I think going in and thinking, yeah, I can make a big difference in one year. I, in off so I think it's a little bit naive. I think it takes right. a good year to get your feet wet. And then yeah. after that, you've got a little bit of an idea of where you're at with everything. And 
maybe then, I mean, that's the way we approached it. After a year, then it's time to make changes. Let's see mm-hmm. what we've got first and what the best way forward is. And, you know, we're already looking two or three years down the road. Well, how are we going to do this now? I mean, what's going to impact this place the most two years from now? And how do we plan for that? And I think that's the biggest part is just planning for everything. If you can plan for it, you can make it happen. Right. Um, You at least have something in, in place. Yes. Yes. So, you know, I think that's a big part, planning and goal setting. So how close are you on your, you know, doubling the business in three year goal? How, uh, how are you on that trajectory? We're, we're right on line with where we should be with the increases we've seen. And last month was phenomenal. And I think the the new chef coming in made a huge difference. We we're up last hmm. month, 72% year over year. Over from the, last wow. Month. Yeah, you know, it's incredible. Absolutely huge. And most of that, mm-hmm. you know, most of that is coming out of the restaurant. When we look at August this year versus January this year, they're the same. January, February, mm-hmm. March are typically our busy season. Our right. sales were the same in August as they were in January, and our leads haven't wow. started yet. Yeah. You know, right. so uh, yeah, it, it, it's phenomenal. You know, the growth we've been seeing overall, we're looking at about a 45% increase for the last 12 months, which for me, I just couldn't imagine this. You know, right. I knew we were going to grow. I didn't think it was going to be this quick. You know, right. if we get to 45% again next year, we're well over what we need. You right. know, and, and, and if we can continue this, sustain this for a few years, you know, we'll be in line with where our 10 year plan was. Right. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So, uh, how many? In how many months into it are you now? We're uh, we bought this July first, two years ago. So we're what twenty six okay. months in. Yeah. And yeah. yeah and seeing seventy percent increases still. You know. Yeah. Out of yeah. The gate. It, that was. I I can't even begin to explain how excited I was seeing that. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're looking at the numbers every day, trying to figure out what we've got to do to drive customers in. On, I love on that. Monday, on Tuesday, on Thursday, whatever mm-hmm. it happened to be. But seeing that was just an absolutely incredible feeling. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I, I like to call it running up the score, right? You're already doing very well and ahead of your pace, but it doesn't mm-hmm. stop you from saying, how can we do it even more? And that you're just running That's up the right. score even further. I love that. Yeah. So th- tell me that a little bit, maybe share some of the things you think are working. Obviously, you got the, the chef in there. Maybe some of the increases in, in food prices through better quality. But what are some of the other things that you've done that you think have led to that increased growth? Well, you know, we've definitely been much more involved with the community. And so we do have a personnel that is just working on marketing and going mm. out. And we've we've been baking cookies for a while. And we put a sticker on the front and we'll go into their business and drop off a half dozen cookies with our sticker on the Mm. front to go menu. That's, that's been a big part. We're going after corporate bookings, going out and actually meeting with these people and saying, Mm. Hey, this is a great thing for a company retreat for, you know, birthday parties if we get them in here once, chances are they're going to think of another use that maybe we haven't. Right. But once again, it's just a great place for people to gather. We've talked to the local chamber and, 
you know, that's one thing I encourage everyone to be a part of because they've got their hand on the pulse of the community. Um, we've offered to do chamber meetings out here for them. I'd love to get 50 or 60 business members from in our chamber here is countywide. Right. But I'd love to see that here. We've just having a full time marketing person has really been a blessing. For me. And I think that's had a huge impact in the business. We've run coupons where if they come in and buy dinner and they spend over $50, they get a couple of free games of bowling. You oh, know, that's, yeah. that's been good because now they've seen everyone bowling for 30 or 40 minutes. Now mm-hmm. they got a chance to try their hand in it. Right. You know, you know if I can get them down on the lanes, that's a way of keeping them here longer. Maybe they're going to buy another drink. Maybe they'll buy another right. whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. But those have been really successful little campaigns to get people to use the other side of the business. I right. think it's had, it's had an impact. Yeah, I guess we're crossing over with the between the two. Anytime you're getting them to buy both instead of one. So do you do a lot of like I guess in-house signage, or what are you doing to to get them to switch? Or you know, from- we do have in-house signage. We do have a couple just the LED boards that we've hung up that we hmm. do promotions things on, and you know, and we've looked at expanding that within here as well. You know, typically restaurants you see so often, most of their advertising dollars are spent inside the restaurant just trying to increase right. their ticket average. And I don't see us as being any different. Yes, I guess the, the, the customers who are there are most likely to, to spend more of that while they're there. Exactly. And then the rest of the marketing is just getting them to come in for the first time. Yes. Very cool. So the next thing I wanted to talk about a little bit about is maybe where things are going, both for you guys and maybe the industry Overall, I know you've taken a, a trip out to actually our most recent podcast guests out in Enid, Oklahoma. Uh, we just yeah, had Sean on. So yeah. I know you went out and saw that. I know you have some plans. Like, What what, what do you see for the next 12 to 18 months as, as far as Pineville as well as the industry? Well, uh, you know, I, I think the big thing is we have to increase the allure, the attraction to this place. What Sean's got out there in Enid, the, the, the clutch bowling, and I guess Brunswick has got Spark, which is a very similar system, I've been told. Right. I haven't seen it yet. I see that as being a huge draw for just for entertainment value. You know, and, and so, so kids, I mean, even adults coming in and seeing it's more than just bowling, I think is a huge part of it. I think as a, as a, as a sport, I mean, Bowling is just not as appealing to as many people as it used to be. And I think we need to get that back. I mean, we've seen bowling. Mm -hmm. Bowling has been dropping, you know, membership in the USBC and things like that. Yeah, on the competitive side. Yeah, yeah. And I Mm -hmm. I think we've got to do, you know, things like that just to get people in. You know, the clutch bowling, I think, is going to be a great, a great draw to getting people in. You know, the center over in Enid, all the other things that he had to do in there, the bumper cars, the arcade. I wish our facility was big enough to handle all that. It's not. Right. We've got a very small <laughs> footprint here. Right. And so we've got to think, find things that we can do over the top of what we've already got. You know, right. He, right. Has, he had mm. 10 times the square footage that we do. Yeah. Um, right. And so, I mean... <clears throat> that would be huge. 
But I have seen, I mean, 30 years ago, blacklight bowling was the new big thing. And I mean, if, if you had that, it was a big draw. I think we need to, you know, keep finding things like that to freshen up the game, to make it more exciting, mm-hmm. you know, where all of a sudden, instead of getting those bowlers in maybe four or five times a year, you're getting them in 10 or 12 times a year. Right. I think that's, you know, if you make it more exciting for them, they're going to use it more. I think that's it. We just have to increase those people that are, intermittent users right now and get them to a more regular base. Yeah. And, and also I think it, that ties right in line with what you did on the food side where you take, you know, like you said, a $6 burger, charge 12, make a way better burger, but then you're going to get even more value to the customer. So same with your lineage, right? You start at whatever you charge per game or per hour. Now add the, on the, the clutch or whatever lighting system you have. And now you have a, a better experience that you can charge a premium exactly. for. Same kind of yeah, model. Exactly. Yeah, I, and then I, on the other side, I mean, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I say on the other side, you know, or like we we're saying about getting them from go to one side to the other, the clutch is such a visual, or you know, whichever one you use is so visual that that is going to be a, an easy way to get them to go from the restaurant. They go, oh, what is that over there? Because they can see and it. I believe it it's will very be, visual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much so. And all the little things that <laughs> I don't want this to sound like a promo for clutch, but just all the little things that the kids could do with the clutch system in addition to doing the bowling i mean a, mm-hmm. i think it's an amazing system i'm i'm curious to learn more about it yeah i think that's the way the industry needs to go you need to make it mm-hmm. more exciting and appealing to the younger people right you know, getting those people in here is so important right now i know we have a few bowlers we have four bowlers in our leagues that are over the age of 90 and i keep <laughs> thinking you know those people aren't going to be coming in here a whole lot longer Right. You know, right. I'm going to replace them when they're gone. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want them to go anywhere. I'm thrilled. I'm, I've gotten to know each one of them. It's thrilling when they come in, but we need mm-hmm. some younger people in here too. And, right. You know, the electronics, the, the clutch, the spark, whatever it happens to be, if that attracts them and gets them in here, that's what we need. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of when I was in the financial services space. There were more financial advisors who were over the age of 70 than under the age of 30, which is just, you know, it's a very aged, you know, population. So you're thinking, how do we get new people in there? Kind sure. of sounds like similar to what you're talking about. And I found like the social leagues is seems to be where that's at, you know, you know, shorter, more, less competitive, more just there for the fun, uh, hanging out with the friends yes. seems to be the way that, that people are, are more attracted. And you'll get some crossover percentage that move into the competitive because they find that they really like it and they get good at it. Yeah. But the, yeah. the shorter social leagues are just so much more appealing to your average person. Accessible, yeah, it, I guess it, this is a better word. Yeah, I think the ticket average goes up considerably on those groups as well, mm-hmm. which is, you know, ultimately what we're after. In a small center, you can only throw so many games, but they can come in and purchase additional products that we have available. Right. There's yeah. There's no limited inventory on how many beers you can drink, other than you know the taps yeah. that you got. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's only there so many, like you said, so many rolls, but you yeah. can keep doing beer after beer. There's it doesn't take yeah, a lot of space to drink beer. Limitations that we don't want to mm-hmm. get them to. But. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, like like I said, for the games, there's only you know, you only have so many lanes, so many lane hours, however you measure it. But with exactly. the other ones, it, it keeps going. Very cool. 
Well, I know we're coming up uh, to the uh, top of the hour here, Tom. This has been a really good conversation. If anyone's interested in learning more about what you've done at, at Pineville or wants to learn kind of your, your process or the journey, where should people connect with you? Hey, feel free to reach out and I, I can share my information with you. And if they want to contact you, you can put them in touch with me. I'd be more than happy to talk with them. Mm. You know, I've been thrilled with the success we've got, but I'm sure that anyone could duplicate what we've done and probably find ways to make it a whole lot better. Yeah, and I, I can totally vouch that, you know, we've connected you with well, lots of people and you're always happy and, and open to talk with them. So I can vouch for that done it many times well great yeah um, i'm more than happy to talk awesome yeah well thanks again so much for coming coming on tom this has been really fun i always enjoy a good conversation with you always lively and you know optimistic well thank you forrest i've enjoyed the talk as well yep we'll we'll talk again soon all right sounds good